Welcome to the Encounter Community Church Podcast, where we take God's Word and look at how we can utilize, practically apply it, and implement it into our lives. Welcome back to the Encounter Community Church Podcast. My name is Ken Ballard, Jr. I'm the pastor here at Encounter Community Church. Well, folks, I'm on the journey. I'm on the journey once again of trying to manage my weight. I don't know about you and if it's been a struggle with you. I did receive some external motivation because I went and got my blood pressure checked and it was high, y'all. It was really high. So I was put on medication immediately to try to get it down. But, you know, before then I was trying a little bit. But I think now I've been really moved to try to be the best that I can be in that regard of my life. So I wanted to ask you just to be praying for me. But I have started to jog once again. I'm up to jogging about a mile each time I go out. And then also for the days that I don't jog, I go ahead and I walk. Uh, and I try to make it make it a point to get to my 10,000 steps a day. So on those days, I average walking about two and a half miles. So I, I'm getting there. I'm starting to look into doing some other kinds of training, like push-ups and things that w- will help to develop my lean muscle so that I could be a lean, mean fighting machine. <laughs> so I, I just want to ask you to be praying for me. And every once in a while, maybe I'll give you an update of how I'm doing. I have lost some weight. I think I'm down about seven pounds, which is, which is great, but I've kind of been in this place before. So I'm hoping to be at this place and move to infinity and beyond. Well, maybe not infinity because that would make me too skinny. (laughs) But you understand what it is that I'm getting at. So I really would. I would appreciate your prayers. Also, if you have suggestions of weight training things and calisthenic things and things that you do to build up lean muscle, I would love to be able to receive that. So if you want to send something to me, do so at Encounter. Southbay at gmail.com, or feel free to go onto our Facebook page as well as our Instagram accounts. Look for Encounter Community Church for Instagram on Facebook. It's uh, Encounter South Bay. But look for us, and you will find this podcast being advertised there. So if you wanted to post something there, like, hey, Ken, here are some ideas of things that can help you. I'm totally open to that. Looking forward to it. I've downloaded the Nike Training Center. So I'm trying to do some things out of that as well. Because I do have to admit, I have a gold shirt in my closet. And that gold shirt has been in my closet for several years. Matter of fact, by the time I probably am able to fit into the gold shirt, it would have been in style, then out of style, then in style, then out of style, And hopefully by then, it'll be back in style once again when I get myself to that place. So like I said, just be praying for me and for this journey. And if you'd like for me to pray for you on your journey, if you're trying to get in shape and be a better version of yourself, I I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for you and be able to support you. Because I recognize, I recognize how much of a challenge it is. I, I can work really hard and I just look at pizza and boom five pounds go on. (laughs) I just smell pizza. Boom. 10 pounds go on. So I I, I get 
what that struggle is like. I have walk, I'm walking that journey with you. And I do have to say that that probably is indeed one of my frustrations, that you can work and work and work your tail off to lose it. But one moment of chewing indiscretion, <laughs> one moment of biting that piece of cake, one moment, and it, it just feels like. Now, I know that that may not be true. I know that everything should be done in moderation, but it, it just does. And I think maybe the older that I get, the more difficult it is to lose. But I, I just sense that reality being a part of my, of my journey. But, but with that in mind, I think that there is a challenge for us to always try to be a better version of yourself, of ourselves. And I'll tell you, one of the reasons why I'm motivated to do it is just because I want to be a better person for my family. I want to be around for my family. I want to be able to have the energy to be able to invest in my family and invest in our relationships. I want to be able to do that. I want to have the energy to be able to maybe go to the park and run around with, with my kids playing Nerf ball wars or something like that, Nerf gun wars or something like that. I, I want to be able to do that and not have them worried about knowing CPR. <laughs> but I, I wonder when it comes to this aspect of just being able to see change in our lives, like how many of us are, are motivated to do those changes for our family? You know, we're, we launched a brand new series on Sunday called Your Best Family in 30 days. And we just want to encourage you, no matter what status you are, like if you're listening to this and you're thinking, well, I don't have kids. Well, let me tell you, just because you don't have kids, you're already a family. A lot of times we have that tendency to think, well, once we have kids, then we'll have a family. No, no, no. On the day that you said I do, you became a family. When you have kids, they're just an addition to your family. Now, I also want to encourage you, Maybe you're dating and you're thinking, well, Ken, we're not a family yet. Well, maybe go ahead and listen over the course of this series because there may be some things that you can learn that you could take and implement, especially with what we're going to be talking about today. I think you really can learn from that. And if you are single, absolutely make sure that you dial in over the course of the next few weeks to listen to how you can continue to be a better version of yourself, growing and developing, becoming, again, the kind of person that God has called you to be. But with that in mind, in starting this brand new series and looking at your best family in 30 days, here's, here's what we talked about this week. We, we looked at developing what I would call a family vision statement. A family vision statement. I, I think it's something essential for us to do as a family. And you may be saying, well, Ken, what is a family vision statement? And, and, and it really is simply this. It's what you want your family to be about. I, I saw this and I thought this was really great. It's a quote by a guy named William Doherty. And he says this, the forces pulling on families are too strong in the modern world. Ultimately, you have to decide either to steer or to go where the river takes us. We have to decide that rather to steer or to go where the river takes us. There is a natural inclination when we talk about this river, that the river of life is moving. And you have to decide, are you going to surrender yourselves to the current of the river of life? 
Or are you going to grab the rudder or the steering wheel? Is, it, is that on a boat? Is there a steering wheel on a boat? I, I know that they have those things with the little paddles on them, you know, at the end. And you kind of grab a hold of the wood notches. Is that a steering wheel? But you know what I'm talking about. Are you going to grab that which guides the rudder? How about that? And be able to direct your family in the direction that you desire for it to go. Now, now, what is a, a, a mission statement? What is the beauty of it? Stephen Covey, the author of Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, said this. A mission statement doesn't have to be some big formal document. It can even be a word or phrase or something creative and entirely different such as an image or a symbol. But it's just something that you decide that, hey, this is going to be a guiding factor for my family, a guiding factor for my life. And here's what the point of a family vision statement is. It's to give you a directive. It's to give you something where you set your sights. Like, this is the direction that we are going to go in. Because here's the truth. Great families don't just happen by drifting down a river. It is a purposeful steer. It, it is something that you find, that you aim at. Because again, if, if you want to have a great family, how do you measure like, like, what tool do you use to measure whether you have arrived at being the kind of family that you want to be? That is one of the beauties of having a family vision statement. And, and you know what will happen if you do have kids? Here's the beauty of having a really great family vision statement. One of the benefits is you put your kids in a position where the direction of their life will be more discovered than told. Will be more discovered than told. Which means then that the motivation for your kids being able to live the kind of life that you desire for them to live becomes more intrinsic. It becomes more internally motivated as opposed, as opposed to outwardly forced. Because that's what we could do, right? Is we could put pressure on our kids to say, hey, this is the direction that I want you to go in. But there's something different about your kid or your child when they have had the chance to be able to discover it. Like, hey, this is what it is that we desire to go for. This is what I desire to be. And now what happens is rather than it coming from mom or dad, it could be coming from, hey, We've sat down, we've discovered this vision together. I bought into the vision that I desire for our family to have. And so now the pressure doesn't come from you. It comes from internally within. It says in Jeremiah chapter 12, verse 2, You have planted them and they have taken root and prospered. Your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. That part is really powerful. Your name is on their lips, but you are far from their hearts. So here's, here's the part where I think that this can really challenge us. And, and I really want us to understand this because is it possible to develop children who will say what their parents want them to say and maybe even try to live the way that the parents want them to live but it, it's been laid on them. The pressure has been laid on them outwardly. It never took roots in their hearts. 
That happens sometimes. That happens where you, you can look at a kid who's been raised in a great family and yet they decide to go in a completely opposite direction. Sometimes it's because of just their natural inclinations of their hearts. Sometimes it's because they were raised in a great family, but the pressure for them being able to live the kind of life that they desire to live wasn't really given to them by themselves or discovered within themselves. It was because of the pressure put on their family for them to be able to live it. Now contrast that passage with Jeremiah 31, 33, which says, but this is the new covenant I will make with the people of Israel after those days, said the Lord. I will put my instruction deep within them and I will write them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. Now, do, do you see the difference there is the motivation to live or to follow God is not done from an outward pressure. It's, hey, I'm going to place it right in their hearts. And believe it, God's word is in their hearts. It's in the heart of your children. Just waiting to be revealed and just waiting to be discovered. And if you sit down and go through this family vision process of creating a family vision statement, what it may do is it may put them in a position where, wow, this is something that I've discovered. And now, parents, instead of saying, hey, I'm telling you to do this, it could be, hey, look at the direction in which you're headed. Now, let's go back and look at our family vision statement because this is something that you agreed upon. The direction that you're going in, is it consistent with our family vision statement that you decided that you wanted to be a part of? And if it isn't, then what do you need to do to get your life back on that path? Because your role in being able to figure this out was just as important as ours. So now what happens is they have something outside of mom and dad that they can look at and be able to say, wow, I did agree to this. While I, I did help to develop this, this is the direction that we're going in and the decision that I'm making does not flow in that direction. So now there's that motivation to work on it, to change it. Just imagine how unifying it could be. And now what happens, mom and dad, is you move from being a police officer in your child's life to maybe being a coach, to being someone who walks alongside to guide too direct to help them to be able to see the kind of life that God has called them to live. And now also you avoid the, oh, mom, oh, dad, <laughs> because now the rules aren't coming from you. It's coming from what's developed inside of them. Now, I do want to share with you that my family, we have started this path. We tried it. And so it was really great on Saturday night, we got together and, and I'm going to go through some rules in a second on how to be able to develop a family vision statement. Now, if you were at church on Sunday, I shared these rules then. And, and typically I don't always restate what I say on Sundays, but I thought this was so important that I think it's important that it's, it's a, it's a value for, for someone to get as far as having these principles on how to create a family vision statement. But one of the things is, is just make it fun. Make it outside of the norm of something that you do as a family. I went out and got some ice cream 
And what we did was we set it up to do like a Sunday bar as well as a root beer float bar. And we just sat around and enjoyed ice cream and began to ask questions and began to dig into it. And I'll tell you, it was probably one of the best times that we've had and best discussions that we've had as a family in a while. I, I think we, we do family devotions where we get together and we talk about life and talk about God. But I will tell you, this is probably one of the most involved that our kids have been. They all took part in it. And it was, it was really great because everyone had something to say. And so we're looking forward to continuing this process together as a family. Here's what happens with the family vision statement that I think is also really valuable. You move from what to why. Let me say that again. You move from what to why. And again, the difference between what and why is external pressure versus internal motivation. We're told in Mark chapter 12, verse 30 and 31, and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. The second is equally important, love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. And literally what Jesus was asked in this moment is like, what's that one? What's that one thing? Like if, if I were to do that one thing that would guarantee me getting into heaven, what would it be? What can I shoot for? And instead of giving a what, Jesus gave a why. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. That's a why. That's a why. Why be a good person? Because you want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. Why not be someone who lies? Because you want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. Why do I want to make sure that I'm home and time for my curfew? You want to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. You want to love your neighbor as yourself. What Jesus did is he gave us a why. So what happens is when you develop a family vision statement, what you've just done with your family is you've just, you've just developed a why. And what's gonna happen later is I'm going to read some examples of family vision statements to you. So you can kind of get an idea of what they look like and, and, and what they sound like. But from that, you can also begin to understand like, oh, I understand why that's a why as opposed to a what. And let's be real. I'll be very candid with you. A lot of times with my kids, I have emphasized the what, what I want them to do. Maybe I might even help with the how I want them to do it. And I've definitely given them the when I want them to do it. <laughs> but many times, when it comes to delving into the why, we don't always. Now, I know that we may give explanations and all those other elements that I think is good. And, and we've done that with our kids. But for them to discover the why themselves, man, that's, that's huge. That's huge. Now, why is a family vision, vision statement so important? Because here's the truth. We're talking about going down that river of life, right? Is that our, our natural inclination is to drift. I love this. Stephen Covey also said this, and I thought this was great. I wanted to, to read this to you guys. He said, good families 
even great families are off track 90% of the time. This is, or the key is, sorry, that they have a sense of destination. They know what the track looks like and they keep coming back to it time and time again. So here's the truth. Our natural inclination really is to drift. It really is to drift. Another word for that is sin. And sin is simply the degree of our lives by which we miss perfection. And so we have a natural tendency to drift away from perfection. That's why we can go through something in our lives and reach a point where we finally find ourselves in a moment where we've become awakened to our life and the direction of our life where we just ask a simple question. And that is, how did I end up here? You know, there, there's a story in scripture that is really powerful and tells this story. It says in 2 Samuel chapter 11, beginning of verse one, it says, in the spring of the year, when kings normally go out to war, David sent Joab, so his representative, and the Israelite army to fight the Ammonites. They destroyed the Ammonite army and laid siege to the city of Rabbah. However, David stayed behind in Jerusalem. And that's what drifting is. Drifting is when we go to that place where we're just not where we're supposed to be. We kind of know the direction in which we need to go in, but maybe we're not at work when we should be, or we're not home in time the way that we should be. Or, I mean, there are just so many destination places in our lives where we're just not where we are, where we should be. Maybe we're not at our kids' games when we should be. Maybe we're not at our spouse's side when we should be. And the reason why is because we've gotten distracted or we have allowed ourselves. And I don't know, I, I wish that I could know why David decided not to go off to war that year, not to fulfill his purpose, one of his purposes as a king. And because he didn't do that, it says in verse two, late one afternoon after his midday rest, David got out of bed and was walking on the roof of the palace. As he looked out over the city, he noticed a woman of unusual beauty taking a bath. He sent someone to find out who she was. Boom, another mistake. Why? Because he wasn't where he was supposed to be. He saw something he probably shouldn't have saw. And now he's investigating the something that he shouldn't have seen. And he was told she is Bathsheba, the daughter of, of Eliam, the wife of Uriah the Hittite. Then David sent messengers to get her and she came to the palace. So you can kind of see that as he continues, he's not where he's supposed to be. Now he's seen what he shouldn't have seen. And now he's investigated what he shouldn't have seen. And now he's taken the next step into connecting and building that relationship. And it says at that point, the David sent messengers to get her. And when she came to the palace, he slept with her. He slept with her. And then the rest of it goes downhill from there. But how did it start? I think it started simply because David drifted. He just drifted. And, and I think sometimes we can find ourselves going down a certain path or being in a certain place. 
Because again, that's exactly what we do as well, is we drift. And then when we drift, we find ourselves in places of regret. We find ourselves in places of regret. Like, I don't think we just blow up at our children. We just kind of drift in our connection with God. We kind of drift in the things which give us life. We kind of drift in our purpose. And then what happens is we find ourselves in this place where we're frustrated. And I don't know about you, but I'll be honest. There have been times where I have laid into my kids unnecessarily because really I was just frustrated. And I was just frustrated with myself. I kind of just took it out on my kids. Now, come on, let's be real. I know that none of us have been there. Our... Now, come on, let's be real. I know I'm not the only one that has been there. I know that. I, I know that every single one of us have things that we wish that we could go back and apologize to our kids about. Or maybe it wasn't your kids. Maybe it was your husband or your wife, your girlfriend or your boyfriend that you made that promise to, that you now fail to deliver on. Maybe, it's, maybe that's the case. But, but no matter what happens, I think it's important for us to be willing just to acknowledge that we do. We drift. We drift from where it is that we want to be. And where is it that we want to be? I talked about this on Sunday. It's just that, for example, with weddings, just look at the wedding vows. Wedding vows basically say, hey, this is the vision or the kind of marriage that I want to have. That's the beauty of wedding vows. But then we get married and we drift. Again, you hold that little bundle of joy in your hands. And I remember the commitment that I've made to my kids of the kind of dad that I wanted to be to them. And I'll be honest, there are moments where I failed. And I failed, why? Because honestly, I drifted. So what your family vision statement does is it becomes this overarching guide for your family so that you can know, am I on target? Am I on point? Am I, am I hitting all cylinders the way that I desire to be, the way that I desire for our family to be, the way that we desire to be? Are we doing that? And I think that that's where this helps out tremendously. So here's what I want to do real quick is I want to, I want to go back to my message from Sunday and I just want to read the guidelines very quickly for how to create your family vision statement. And then after that, I'm going to read some examples. So first of all, make it fun. Make it fun and just make it a point to enjoy the journey. It doesn't have to be, once you're done, it doesn't have to be crazy eloquent or it, it doesn't have to be super original or anything like that. Don't make it so overwhelming to create the perfect statement that you squash the process. Make it enjoyable and make it something that your kids will have fun if you don't have kids, as a married couple, you'll have fun. As a dating couple, you'll have fun. And I'll, also, I would encourage you as a single person to create a vision statement for your life. Create a vision statement for, A, the kind of person that you want to be as a single. Create a vision statement for the kind of person that you want to date. That way, 
when you get to that place where you have that kind of commitment of the kind of person that you want to be, then what that does is it gives you something to be able to have a conversation with the person with whom you're dating and saying, hey, this is the kind of vision that I've set for myself. And you could also be able to say, well, if he can't uphold that kind of vision, I'm okay with waiting. <laughs> I'm okay with waiting. But make it fun and learn how to just enjoy the journey. And then this is really important. Everyone gets a voice. Everyone gets a voice. The other thing that I talked about on Sunday is, is listen with your heart, even to the silly stuff. And I think the example that I gave is when you said, hey, what would you like in our family? And you have a kid that says donuts. I want donuts in our family every day. Krispy Kreme, let's go. They have that deal. If you're vaccinated, you get a free donut. Let's go. <laughs> now, that may be the deal that may be coming from your kids. But if you listen to underneath that, underneath the silly stuff, what your child may be saying is, I just want generosity in our family. So the whole idea of wanting donuts every day, really, I just want our family to be generous. And then when you begin to go through this process, make sure you capture ideas. Ideas from what? We're going to talk about that in a second. And then I just want to make it really clear. It doesn't have to be done in one shot. Like you don't have to make the commitment that, hey, at noon, we're going to start this process and we will not stop until it is finished. Because then what's going to happen is your kids will hate the process. Mom, dad, when is this going to be over? So set a time limit. I say if your kids are 10 or younger, I would say make it 30 minutes. And then just come to it the following week, the following week, the following week. But just make it fun each week. If your kids are teenagers, I would say at the most, do it an hour. Do it an hour. And then come back to it in further weeks as you build and develop it. Now, where do you get your ideas from that you want to capture? Just begin to ask questions. Questions like, what kind of family do we want to be? What do you love about our family? How can our family be different? How can our family be better? How can we contribute to making our neighborhood community better? In other words, how can our family serve our community better? What should be our core values? And just start writing, just start writing. And then once you feel like you have gathered all the information and you wanna to begin to put it together, have a brainstorming session on what the possible statements could be. And in a brainstorming session, it's important to remember in brainstorming, you're doing just that. It's brainstorming. Don't critique the thoughts, critique the ideas. Just let it be thrown out. And at this point, really don't ever say any idea is dumb. Because if you do, then what's going to happen is whoever shared that idea is going to clam up and they're going to start stop being a part of the process. So make that a part of it as well but gather and brainstorm. So once you have began to do that, start to whittle it down. Once you've got all the ideas out there, no more ideas are coming forth. Now start to whittle it down to what kind of ideas or statements that you wanna make. Your vision statement doesn't have to be one statement. It could be a series of sentences, concise sentences. But I will say this, try to make it as memorable as you can. So that way when your kids aren't at your home, they'll remember the kind of person that they want to be based upon the family value statement that you have. Once you have it, once you have it down, make it decorative. 
Like if you look up family value statements on Google and then click images, you will see some Pinterest ideas. And that's where some of the ideas that I'm going to share with you, a statements, that, that's where they came from is I just saw some on, on Pinterest that I, that I thought were really great. But you can kind of get some ideas of decorative things that you can do to create your family vision statement. And then once you make it decorative, then I want to encourage you to do this. Create a timeline for review. Maybe every six months, every year. How are we doing with this as a family? And do we need to amend it? Because it is true that you may want to change things as your kids get older. So do we need to amend it? Do we need to update it or change it? And that's fine. Go through this process. Make it fun again. The more fun you make it, the more fun that they will enjoy it. But go through it. Create a timeline for review. So now I just wanted to share with you, here are some of the examples of family vision statements that I found. The first one is the bulkiest family mission statement, live, love, and learn. And here's what they said. Seek new adventures, choose happiness, love each other always, be curious and learn. Attitude is everything. Be respectful, act with kindness, nurture friendships, be grateful, have faith. That was one. Here's another one I thought this was really great. In this family, we honor God through faith and service. We think before we act, we work together, and we show respect for ourselves and for others. Thought that was great. Um, here's another one that I thought was really great. It says, we appreciate our family and friends. We support each other and work as a team. We follow our passions. We laugh and have fun. We respect ourselves and others. We are always grateful for what we have and we help to make this world a better place. So those are just some of the examples that you can set up and what it is that you want to shoot for and to be able to do as a family. Now, once you have your family vision statement done, I would love to hear back from you. I would love to hear your ideas. What is it that you created as a family vision statement? Most of all, I would love the opportunity to be able to pray for you in this commitment that you're making as well. But this can be a ground-changing thing for your family. And again, I just want this to be a reminder that if your family has struggled, if there's been hardships in your family because of the way that you've interacted with one another, because of your own struggles and failures, I just want to let you know that it's not too late. It's not too late for healing. It's not too late to turn things around. It's not too late to rediscover the vision for your family. Because God is all about it. He's all about healing and renewal and transformation. So I want to encourage you, when you are done with this podcast today, if there's anything that you need to ask God for forgiveness, do that. If there's anything that you need to go to your kids, to your husband or wife, or maybe even stand in front of a mirror, maybe there's some things that you've done that you regret because you hurt yourself. Maybe do that and ask for forgiveness. And then just relaunch. Start it. Make it happen. Because it can. But God really is. He's, he's in the forgiving business. And like I said before, it's not too late. It's not too late to turn your family around. It's not too late to have a great family. It really is possible. No matter how old your kids are. It is possible. 
So with that in mind, I just want to encourage you, if you are listening to this podcast from our website, just want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, wherever it is that you can find podcasts, you can find us there. Go ahead and subscribe. If you can set up a notification to let you know when we post new things, do that as well. Do that as well. We try our best to post new podcasts on a weekly basis. So I'd say go for it. Give it a try. And then just a quick reminder that we are relaunching our indoor services on June the 27th at 10.30 a.m. Excited about that. We will have safety measures in place to try to keep it as safe as possible. But again, things are headed in the right direction of COVID. So we want to invite you to come out and join us for that. If prior to that, if you want to come out and join us for our outdoor services, come on out. Be a part of that as well. We'd love to see you. We really would. So with that, make sure you listen to the podcast next week as we continue to look at how can we develop our best family in 30 days. And just a quick reminder that encounters about three things. Love up. Let's look at how we can be able to love God more. Love out. Love your fellow man. Love your family. Maybe allow your family to step out into the community and make a difference as well. And love in. Make a commitment to be the best you that you can be. How can you grow? How can you develop? What financial goals, spiritual goals, physical goals, emotional goals, psychological goals, career goals that you can set for yourself to be able to honor God by being the best you that you can be. So again, thank you so much for joining us for the podcast. And we look forward to have you join us once again next week. And thank you so much for allowing us to be on this journey with you in your life. Take care and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us for the Encounter Community Church podcast. If you could do us a favor, whatever service it is that you're listening to this podcast on, please rate and review us. If there's anything that we can do better, please let us know. But by rating and review, it also make our podcast easier for others to be able to find. If you would like to support us at Encounter financially with what it is that we're doing to make a difference in our community, whether it's the mobile food bank, whether it's serving at North High School, or making a difference, again, in our community, feel free to head over to our website, encountercommunity.church. Click the link that says online giving. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel. That way, when we post new live streams or new vlogs, you'll be updated. As well as, please head over to Facebook and like our page. That way, when we post new podcasts, again, new vlogs, new live streams, or have church events, you'll be updated and know what's going on here at Encounter. As we said before, thank you so much. We're so glad to have you with us, and we look forward to you being a part of the podcast next week.